With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome to episode six of the Dynasty Dad podcast. I want to start out today by, you know, reading off our five-star reviews. You guys gave another five five-star reviews. I got time to read three of them here because we have a great guest on here. And I want to jump into the content and really get that going for you guys. But three of the reviews that we got, uh, first one is from at Coach Mike. He put great content and I'm adding this to my podcast list. Like that the Dynasty Dad podcast is interactive with Twitter. Covered actual trades that were sent in. Fun, concise, and insightful. So thank you very much. Uh, the next one is from FF Guru 721 Love these segments. It's hard-hitting trade advice that will no doubt help you win your leagues. So thank you, Guru. And last one is from uh, TK, T King Mode, uh, my buddy over there at Dynasty Happy Hour. He wrote, this pod is very insightful, definitely helpful for strategy now and for the future. So without further ado, I mean, everybody knows who we're talking about here. We have Dynasty Outhouse. Russ, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am fantastic and happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. It's it's pleasure's all mine. Uh, why don't you tell the audience, you know, how you got started into fantasy football? You know, maybe a a story of when you actually got started to where you are now. I mean, I know you're working with several podcasts now, but how did you get your start? Well, I mean, how I got into football is kind of, funny is absolutely the wrong word, but I was actually a gigantic hockey fan growing up. Like I'm I'm a one sport guy. Like I could watch Sports Center and listen to everything else and have a little bit of knowledge, but like my everything goes into one sport and for my entire adolescence into young adulthood it was hockey and then in the early 2000s they went on strike for like the third time in five years and i was just like no, can't do this anymore so my friend just literally just goes you need to play this and hands me a copy of espn nfl 2k5 the one with terrell owens like yep like doing the layup on the cover yeah, I remember that. and hooked ever since then uh started fantasy football right away from the second I started playing that game, I'm like, okay, I need every aspect of football in my life. Started watching, started playing, you know, all the Maddens and all of that stuff because yeah, the NFL 2Ks went right away. <laughs> that was the year after they ended up going exclusive to EA. Uh, but start playing fantasy football right away. So I've been playing for, that's like 15-ish years at this point. And Dynasty, man, like I was always, I always needed more action. Like, Back in the day, I was in like four leagues and that was just like, whoa, how could you handle four leagues? That's insane. And there still just wasn't enough going on because it's redraft. It's impossible to really trade much. And then I found Dynasty um, on Twitter and I like slowly eased into it. I was just like, okay, I need to learn what this is before I jump in. I actually took like a season of just listening to podcasts and following people on Twitter and all that stuff before I decided to jump in. And then things went nuts. <laughs> I mean, right away, my first season, I was in four leagues as opposed to just joining one and seeing how it went. 
Um, I mean, my highest, I probably hit about 35 leagues, but I've scaled down. I mean, I'm probably at like 27 now, but I did drop down to like 22 last year. So like that was that was a good, good year for me. (laughs) I love how most guys that I have on in the podcast, they say it like they're losing weight, you know, or there's like a real addiction problem. You're like, yeah, but cut it down to this, you know, and yep. that that's a great, like, I have a similar story is like, for me, it was all about baseball. I was a one sport guy, you know, I played mm-hmm. college baseball and that's what it was for me. Everything was baseball. And, you know, I coached baseball for 10 years. And then after I coached, I'm like, I really started to get more into football. And then, you know, I've played fantasy for the last 20 years now. And it was like, Everything just once I got that first dynasty league, I started in one with Tyler Gunther and and uh, John Bosch and won that league and it was all writers and I was like, yo, this is fun, like mm-hmm. you know. And then you just add more and more and it's like it's like a gateway drug, you know what I mean? That yep. first dynasty league hooks you. And I've like at the dynasty dad pod, I'm trying to get a lot of my a lot of my friends, a lot of our listeners to get acclimated to dynasty fantasy football mm-hmm. because I remember my first league I got into, I made a trade and I was like. You know, my friend, uh, I don't know if you know, at um, what is it? fantasy professor, dynasty professor, he got me into it, uh, Tim mm-hmm. Smith. And the first trade I made was I traded two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers in a one mm-hmm. quarterback league. You know, no. and I'm like, and I, <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I need to make a podcast so I can prevent people from making moves like that and, and try <laughs> to give them the, you know, because that, that took a while to, to get out of that kind of hole. But uh, the, the interesting thing and what I try to do on the dynasty dad pod is, are, are you a father? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So are there any interesting stories of how you, you know, tie in football with your family or fantasy with your family? I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but recently I just did a, a draft with all my kids. My kids love fantasy football and they're they're just, they're getting hooked on it. You know, so it was, it's like uh, I was selling Tyler last week. It's like LeBron wants his kid to play. I'm like, I'm playing in my leagues until I can get my kids to take over. An orphan, <laughs> you know, you're the Frank Gore of Dynasty. That's yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, Mike, I have a seven-year-old son and a five-year-old daughter, and my boy right now, if it doesn't have Mario in it, he doesn't care. So if they make a Mario football game, I think I got him, and I got to be honest, I would play the hell out of that game. I would, too. I mean, Mario Kart, <laughs> Smash Brothers, yep. like, my kids play that on Switch. If we yep. can get a, a Super Mario football, so we might have to, uh, you know venture into that once we get done with the podcast here yeah i'm gonna have to write nintendo letter like look i just want to bond with my son and (laughs) but oh man like do your kids trash talk you my son just recently i don't know what he's watching on youtube just started trash talking me in smash brothers yep they do it all the time i have mine are seven nine eleven and thirteen so i got four and you know like when I play Madden with my my older ones I let them get so close but I can't let them win you know oh, no no I don't you, even let them but when you I, play like they, they I've started playing Fortnite with my kids and they talk trash and like my seven-year-old's like wait can I not have dad on my team like you know and I'm like I'm used to those <laughs> things and like I win a lot of the games but they're like yo can we get somebody else in here you know it's mm-hmm. just that's how they work with it so yeah it's and my daughter she she likes having the fun of watching football with me. She, she has absolutely no idea what's going on. She cheers whenever someone falls down. She's like, hey, we got a fall, daddy. I'm like, yes, we did, baby. I don't get sure. It's just she's getting excited. Vanity. Yeah, get the falls. Yeah. yeah, and she, you know, she's excited for there to be football. So that that makes me happy enough right now because I am very sure because she is super Disney princess. And yep. so there is very short window before she, that's just too boyish for her. So I, like I take the- what I can get. The proudest dad moment I have there with my daughter. She's 11. And this year for the draft, she shows up with a notebook that she wrote down all of the fantasy pros ADP. And she wrote it down and she had it and they were highlighted in pink and stuff like that. And it was all bedazzled with like little drawings. And, uh, you know, I put it on Twitter and over 70 of our our listeners actually 
commented and she won you know, I said, who had the best draft? And over 50 of them said Bella. She absolutely killed it. And it was like a proud moment where she's all into Disney princesses and so super girly. But she's like, there's a $50 Target gift card on the line. I'm, I'm winning this thing. You know, Ooh, so. she loves Target. Maybe I got to try does. that. Yeah. And then they got the, you know, she, they got all the, they got the Starbucks in Target. And, you know, and she says, I drink the basic white chick kind of drinks. You know, you got to get those. Those, those PSLs. Starbucks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, the the idea of today's podcast is I wanted to talk to you, you know, and, and break down some of the quarterback tiers and differentiate between players. Like I had a, a debate with someone the other day, you know, it was like they put on Twitter poll. And by the way, you know, put me on every Twitter poll possible. You know, I retweet them all. I love answering them. Um, Dynasty underscore dad FF. So hit me up on those kind of things. But they were like, do you want Joe Burrow or Matt Ryan? And I said, well, it's completely dependent you know it's dependent on what your team is looking like and what what the, the league looks like and now is the time where especially in your super flex and if you guys aren't playing super flex you really should be you know it mm -hmm. is it is 2020 now it's not 2008 get into your super flex <laughs> you know i'm even playing in a couple super duper flex you know if or if, is there a real terminology for that the three quarterbacks that, honestly you know? that i had one person call it a three flex but even I corrected. I'm like, no, that's super duper flex is what you have to call because it it's such a fantastic name. Yeah. Three, three flex sounds like that's almost as bad as calling like scary Terry for Terry McLaurin, you know, like we got to come up with better stuff than that. Um, but basically, you know, what I, what I try to do at this time of the year is I look at my super flex rosters and I have 15 teams and I'm looking at them and I'm like, what kind of moves can I make? You know, I got to upgrade my, my quarterbacks in, in my contenders, you know, a move I made recently was I gave, Gardner Minshew and, and DeAndre Hopkins in a second to get Matthew Stafford and Tyreek Hill. You know, I think Stafford upgrading from Minshew to Stafford, you know, gives me a competitive edge, which we're going to get to Stafford. I absolutely love him this particular season. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like he's a guy that's going to win some championships. And now I have two quarterbacks that are both top 12. And on the flip side, you know, in the Dynasty Happy Hour Staff League, I'm in a complete year one punt. I have eight first round picks and I dealt you know, Lamar Jackson the other day um, to you know, I got Deshaun Watson, a 21 first, that's going to be early, you know? So nice. for me, that's how you win those kind of things. So do you take that same kind of approach? Do you assess your super flex rosters at this time of year and really just try to fine tune some of them quarterbacks? Or how do you look at your rosters? What kind of things are you doing this time of year? Well, this time of year, uh, well, let me just start out with during what I call the non-point scoring season, because there's no off season in dynasty fantasy football. Thank you. Uh, yeah. uh what the thing is like i get a lot of people dming me like trade questions and stuff like that should i do this what do you think of this trade and it'll be march and they'll be like well i'm really weak at wide receiver so i think i should do this i'm like no man you're not setting a lineup for six months you're not weak at anything you it doesn't matter all that matters is value right now value is all that matters in the non-point scoring season we're a week and a half away from scoring points now don't hold to me to that. Moves. I have no idea what the date is or when the league actually starts. 16 days. I looked it up today. There you go. Days. I'm a little hungry. over two weeks. I was close. So now is the time where I am filling holes. Uh, fingers crossed there's no major injuries between now and the start of the season. And so you want to be ready for week one is what right now is. When am I evaluating my teams like you asked before? Oh, man. Every four weeks, pretty much. Yeah. Like you hit week three or four, you should have an idea if you're going to win the championship. Two weeks after that, you should know if you're making the playoffs. You know, there's certain things you can do at every step along the season to sort of push yourself in a direction you want to be in. Never giving up value in trades, but still moving your team. If you're not going to win the championship, if you're 
just going to eke into sixth place or whatever your last spot is. And you're like, look, I know I'm not going to win. I know you just say, make it into the dance and you could always win. Eh, sometimes not, you just know you're not. Yeah, right, let's just be honest with yourself. Right. That's not so much in Dynasty. Is One thing I always say is you want to be in that top three or that bottom three. Otherwise, yeah, the how, many, how many times is four, five, six, one? And that's when I really started. And my episode, first episode for the Dynasty Dad Pod was I love talking about rebuilds, you know, and I mm-hmm. love trying to push people. And I feel like so many Dynasty listeners, they hover in that four to eight range and four to nine range and you just kill your first round pick and i'm like if you're not top three or bottom three you're not doing it right see the thing is like people hear the word rebuild and they think you're just destroying your team absolutely not see that at least i mean i have no idea i doubt i created this these words or this concept but there's a difference between rebuilding and retooling if you're in that fifth sixth seventh eighth area you're not rebuilding your team but if you have let's say zeke on your team his value is going to start dropping soon. I mean, let's face it. He's like 25. So he's getting towards his Walker age and, you know, in running back years. So you sell him for DK Metcalf. I won't call him scary Terry. Cause you just, you know, talk down. And so F1 and a pick. <laughs> and yeah. you're, what you're doing is you're loading yourself with young wide receivers and you get a pick that when your team comes together, you spend that rookie pick on a running back. You know, you walk away with Swift Dobbins or whoever for this year and all of a sudden, you have a team that's coming together at the right time. So, yeah, you being in the middle is the worst, but you don't have to completely destroy your team. Like you were saying before, you had Lamar Jackson and traded him for Deshaun, Watt, Deshaun Watson. I almost said Deshaun Watkins, which is very wrong. Uh, but like th- that's a brilliant move because you got to pick. you got assets on top of that. And, man, Lamar's not going to break the league every single year. I mean, let's yeah. just be honest. He, he's going he's gonna to regress back to the rest of the world. Deshaun Watson's a top three quarterback. Like I, I love that guy. He was my most owned quarterback for a while until I got really bored and just started downgrading every quarterback I own because I trade too much. Uh, we have yeah, a trade I, addict problem. Yeah, right? I'm the host of the Trade Addicts podcast, and I, it's for a reason. Um, well, that's a great point you said. Is that was actually the first sentence I said of that podcast? Is there is a difference between retooling and rebuilding? And yep. I, and I said that on Goat District the other day. I was like, if I have dalvin cook or alvin kamara or joe mixon you know they're going to be getting to that 26 range trade them for josh jacobs miles sanders those kind of guys and a first or and a wide receiver and that's not rebuilding that is retooling that's moving back that's resetting the clock and getting a couple years younger so i'm glad we started talking about quarterbacks let's just jump right into it you know i mean i feel like i've got a good connection here patrick (laughs) mahomes is obviously he's my qb1 i feel like he's he's the Same. only choice is QB one. And in super flex, he's my one one I mean, depending on leagues, league strategy. And sometimes, you know, obviously Scott fishbowl, where you get things for, you know, you get yardage bonuses and things like that. Lamar Jackson is in that same conversation, but Patrick Mahomes just showed his floor, you know, 4,000 yards, yep. 26 touchdowns, five, t- five interceptions. That's a floor. He's the guy you build your team around. You know, he's the centerpiece where you have him on your team and you can, if you trade him, you are getting a massive haul. Otherwise, you ride that guy out, and for the next 10 years, he's going to be in that top three every single year. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's absolutely 100% nitpicking, but I kind of have Mahomes by himself. Uh, He is my easy 101 in Superflex. He is my easy quarterback one. If Lamar does 80% of what he did last year this coming season, then it's a tier of two. Yeah, I want to see it a little bit. Uh, And, I mean, I know after Mahomes... 
can't call it his rookie, his sophomore year, the you know, his first starting year, like people vaulted him to one right away. Yeah. I think I had him at like three or four. Again, I never I don't do real rankings, by the way. This is all just stuff in my head. It's like I, I, I think of just about everything in terms of trade value. So it's the most valuable quarterback, pretty much. And if you uh, do rankings, you get roasted. You know, I just put it out there. I was like, we're going to talk about this. And everybody's got their their own assessment oh, yeah. of things. And I'm like, listen, it's just. You know, it's just to talk about tiers. The only reason I do rankings is talk about move from one tier to another and try yep. to stay in that same tier. Um, and, you know, and to Lamar Jackson's point, I mean, is he going to rush for 1,200 yards again? You know, are they going to start spying on him? He was at what? His touchdown percentage was at 9% of his throws. You know, like yeah, was, he had the second highest touchdown percentage ever. Yeah. And ever. Qu- quarterbacks that score 380 points, that's that threshold for fantasy points. You know, it's been him, Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and the next they've never done it again in their entire career, you know, and I think Mahomes is going to be the first guy to, to break that. But I mean, that's mm-hmm. something where it's a special season. I mean, if you had Lamar on your team, you were going to the championship last year if you were doing anything remotely right. And I, I feel like you're absolutely right. I mean, I have them in that top tier, but I do see a, a tier difference. You know, I feel like there's a big difference between the two of them. And I was advocating for everybody last year. Give a little bit on top of Lamar to get Mahomes because you're going to like that longevity. Yeah compared to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, I mean, like you said before, like what's going to happen with the offense going forward? First of all, I th- I was kind of terrified for Lamar Jackson that it that Greg Roman was getting head coaching calls. Like, sorry, just lightning didn't freak me the hell out. Um, but like he, Greg Roman is known for making running quarterbacks, just good quarterbacks in general, but I mean, let's even think further back. Let's think about Tim Tebow when Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick first came into the league. They had designed runs so often. Like I, I could make up a percentage, but I'd be lying anyway. So there's no point in even doing it. So, but every year that went by, there was less and less. They still scrambled, especially Kaepernick, because he was one read. Oh God, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to run. And Tebow couldn't really throw the ball, so I mean, right. he had no choice. And only but like, Russell there's Wilson adapted his game you know yes less and less and he's i mean he's the most efficient quarterback there is and he's turned himself you know he'll run as a last resort as opposed to those guys were running as a first resort exactly because people learn yeah you spy like it's a gimmick Uh, it's the wildcat it is it the future probably just because human beings are getting more and more athletic so you're going to have these Lynn Bowdens and all of these players that just happen to be better quarterbacks. So they play in the NFL at quarterback. Like, man, some of those moves Lamar Jackson was doing with the ball in his hands, like that was straight up video game stuff. Yes. Like those spin moves, like what, you literally go, oh, like hand over your mouth, like just throw your body back and scream. Like that's how good they were. But you, that dude's going to take a hit one day and just be like, I may not run that much going forward. Right. Like everyone, like Cam Newton has gotten his body destroyed and he's built like a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, he lasted longer, probably just for that fact alone. Like, I'm really curious to see if he does. So uh, you want your quarterback to be able to scramble, to be athletic enough to run for yards, to sneak into the end zone and that kind of stuff. You're not going to get, even if, no one does catch on to Lamar Jackson's offense and stuff like that. I still think if we magically have to keep our team for 15 years, you will get 15 years out of Patrick Mahomes. You might get eight to 10 out of Lamar Jackson. Clearly I've never had a player on my team for more than two. So, I mean, that means absolutely nothing to me. I'm an absolute, I am an addict as well. You know, I trade like crazy and I, people are like, 
when you start talking, they're like, well, I can trade this guy or this guy on my team. I'm like, my team's completely open. Every team, yep. every player in Dynasty, I treat it like a stock, you know, stock up, stock down, trade, you know, sell, buy low, sell high. And if you're not doing it that way, I mean, you're you're cutting off a lot of trade partners. Yes. And you tra- I mean, the only person I've heard Dynasty Rich say that in his first league, he has Drew Brees since his you know, rookie year, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I'm not at that age yet where I can kind of have that many, but it, I have 15 super flexes and I only have one Lamar Jackson share and it's because, and I'm trying to sell it, yeah, you know? I, I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's something where I feel like you can move back and get Kyler and some of these other guys in the, in the next tier. So let's talk about that next tier. So I have that next tier as Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott. I caught a lot of flack on Twitter because people were saying Russell Wilson belongs in there. But let's start right with Watson. I mean, right now we go, is there a more underrated quarterback early on than Deshaun Watson? Because we've moved him. I feel like we finally caught up. But as soon as DeAndre Hopkins left, he went from being, you know, top five, six, as far as dynasty or as dynasty super flex startups to I was getting a mid second round. I mean, he was falling to late first, mid second. And this is a supremely talented quarterback. Would you believe that right now? Oh, for August on DLF, they only have one QB ADP, but he made his way back up to QB three. Yes, which is, know, which is great because right. I've always since he came into. I don't actually like college football. I don't watch it at all. But I've just convinced myself I'm a Clemson fan because I love Deshaun Watson and I love hashtag team big Clemson wide receivers. Like, give me all the nukes, Sammy Watkins, uh, R.I.P. Martavis Bryant's yeah. career. Uh, you know, Mike Williams, T. Higgins. I love all of these guys. So, like, I've always loved Deshaun Watson once he, since he got into the NFL. And, yeah, disrespect was put on his name when Hopkins left. I got to be honest. Like, I I had my trepidations about it. I got worried. But, yeah, he fell far. He felt like to no, QB10 at one point, like, yeah. around the level of, like, Tua and Burrow. And just that's nuts. And I'm glad yeah. it corrected itself well, after I, I was able dynasty, to buy one or two shares. The dynasty community is very intelligent when it corrects themselves, right? We all have that over <laughs> We are fickle, but... Where- it's and long-term I, intelligent. All I can say is jump and and strike while the iron's hot because it's kind of like Miles Sanders in July moved all the way up to RB7. Now he's back Ooh. to RB11, yes. and it's kind of even back out. And I feel like we get that excitement where, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire moved up to fifth overall in startups, and it's <laughs> like, okay, now he's back to the end of the first, and we're starting to correct that because I never like to draft guys at their ceiling. You know, I want to move back and get yeah. things like that. and. I've made moves where I actually traded Kyler Murray for Deshaun Watson in a first, you know, because oh, people really Good believe that. And it's like, you got to, when, when Kyler Murray got Deandre Hopkins on the flip side, Kyler Murray's stock went through the roof and yeah, he had a great rookie season. I mean, it was the, the fourth best quarterback season in Superflex, you know, history as a rookie, um, 3,700 yards, 20 touchdowns. It's that 500 yards rushing floor. And yeah, that, exci- that offense looks pretty exciting. Um, but there is, you know, people are going to check the tape. They're going to understand a little bit more about what Kyler Murray is. And we're looking at a very undersized quarterback. I love Kyler Murray. I'm not talking trash on him, but I have him as my QB four. But I, I just had the hardest time moving him above Deshaun Watson. I uh, see. I wouldn't. Um, I think we have to keep Baker in our thoughts after rookie years. Now, yeah. I love Baker like you know, my co-host Brian Har has Saquon, who's his favorite, so we call him Baquan. Yeah. And it does it's it's hard to do out loud because I call him Baker, B-A-E-K-E-R. Uh, because I, I Baker was my guy when he came out. Like I remember, like I said, I don't really watch college, but 
his first drive in the preseason, I was just like, all right, no, yes, I believe. I believe in Baker. He has that swagger and he had everything about him. And that's what, and when we get to Baker in 2018 as a rookie, he had that and he broke the, you know, he broke that touchdown record. And then we moved him from QB 12, 13 to QB two. And we all overpaid. I mean, let's be honest. I was believing the Baker hype. I was into it. He, he did all the commercials, you know, he got, got a little chub on him and now he looks ripped and, and hungry again. And, I mean, I, I got a lot of flack. I have him as my QB 16, which I feel like is low. And people were ripping on me. I mean, they were like, he should be much yeah. lower than that. And I feel like he's in for a bounce back here. Yeah, uh, back well, we'll get, to, we'll get to that when we get to that. But I just want to bring it up that, I mean, Kyler being awesome isn't a given. Now, I get that there was a much bigger difference between Baker and Kyler because Baker got a new offense. Kyler didn't. Right. But still, it's a, it, the sophomore slump is a thing. And it's a thing for a reason. It helps to get DeAndre Hopkins on your team to avoid that slum. But no, I agree so far with what you have. Kyler and Dak, to me, can be flipped. But again, that's why you have tiers, because it doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they're next yeah. to each other in a tier. Exactly. Uh, Dak yeah. Prescott, is a, he's a QB1 every year. He was a QB2 overall last year. And, you know, 4,901 yards. He's And now he only gets better because he gets CeeDee Lamb. And, yep. and Michael Gallup's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. And now, you, you know... There's so many weapons in that offense where Dak Prescott, you know, he belongs in that tier. A lot of people feel like he's because they hate Dallas. They put him down there, but he's got that 500 yards rushing floor, six touchdowns rushing almost every season. And he's my dark horse for the QB one. You know, if, if you're not taking Mahomes it's super realistic, Lamar, that's the guy that I think gets QB one, you know? Yeah, I, I love Dak in the Kellen Moore offense. Like, I love him in a faster offense yeah. that isn't run the ball 80 times with Zeke, let your defense slow the game down. All of a sudden, Kellen Moore comes in as offensive coordinator and Dak's slinging. And he's not the kind of guy who will, like he didn't mess mix with Des Bryant for a reason. He's not the throw it up and let the guy come down with it. Yeah. But those aren't the receivers he has. Like he has three receivers that make great separation. They have a very athletic tight end in Blake Jarwin and Zeke can catch out of the backfield. And then you have Tony Pollard who could also who's fast out of the backfield. So, this I, I love this offense. Man, if Dak just got that contract, honestly, I would not argue someone putting him up in that top tier either. I because agree. he's shown he's consistently a QB1, like you said before. And he made it to QB2 or QB3 like a year or two ago. So it's absolutely understandable to put him up there. I call it the like the Doug Doug Baldwin syndrome, like being a UDFA or being a third round pick, like it it creates a mountain for you to get over to get that respect. Right. And people still bring it up. And it's like, you're talking about, you know, five years in the league and he's still bringing it up where that's something that, that has to go by the wayside. You know, when you keep putting up performances like he has where he's been a QB one every single year, you got to give him some respect. And I feel like eventually they do get this contract done. Yeah. I, I, I read something more than one thing, which makes me believe that's a little bit credible, little bit credible that they were very, very close they just didn't get it done in time. So I think once this season ends, they're allowed to negotiate again. They can probably get it done pretty quickly, as long as he is not freaking amazing or freaking awful this year to change things. Yeah. Like So as long as he does what he does, I think they can get something signed pretty quickly. Absolutely. Uh, but also, since, I mean, let's just keep going, because the next guy in the top of your next tier is Russell Wilson. He had the same problem. Like People still bring up that he was a third-round pick and kind of hold that against him. Like, man, imagine if people didn't care that he was 5'11", 
whatever that was like seven years ago at this point he would have been a first round pick easy but man we were so afraid of hype but now all of a sudden him baker people are finally forgiving breeze for being short like it just doesn't matter as much anymore so like i'm very happy as a seahawks fan that people cared that long ago i mean that's all i could really say about it but i agree with russell wilson you said before someone was giving you flack about it i agree with him being in this tier a tier below he always ends up with good seasonal totals but Seahawks run the ball. It's what they do. And yeah. I think they will throw the ball more this year, but I still think there's going to be games where they won't need to throw the ball as much. So he will get those games of like 9 to 11 points. And that's not something you want in your second tier. Right. That's just and not they, how it goes. Those top five guys are putting you 20 plus a week. You know, and they're, Yeah, they're those, are, those are the guys you take early. Those are the guys you trade up for. Like Those are the guys you get on your team because it gives you an advantage out of position. Some games Russell Wilson will because he has the ability and does at least once or twice a year to put up 40-something points. But it won't happen often enough to actually be good for you. Like, if Russell Wilson is my QB2, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. But that also means you're, dra- you're drafting two QBs in the first two, three rounds, which that's not my deal, but I know a lot of people it is, so good for them. <laughs> but I, I love this tier just because, to me, this tier is fun. I mean, uh, I mean... Uh, I talk too much and I take over pod. So no, I'm really no, sorry I about like this. I mean, like we're, on this. We're on the same page with this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, Russell Wilson, the, the thing I got to say about that is like, if if he ever gets, he's so just, he takes care of business when, with the amount of opportunities that he gets. And if he gets a chance to open it up, I mean, you, he's had stretches where he'll play the first eight or the last eight games where he's the QB one overall yeah. because DK Metcalf is going to ball out this year. You know, oh I, man, I, if I, they throw the ball, because the thing about I love about those wide receivers is I would feel fine having Metcalf and Lockett on the same team because there is the the only two people that are going to catch the ball. (laughs) I mean, and they have a targets. They have a couple of scrubs at tight ends, which man, Greg Olson, I love as a human being. I love him as a tight end, but he's just hurt every year. Will Disley can't stay healthy. Jacob Hollister was alive at the time (laughs) when no one else was. So I, I, Really, it's going to be Lockett. It's going to be Metcalf and a five to ten percent of someone else. I mean, I really can see both of those wide receivers having like twenty five percent of the market share, target share, and I'm that's that's fine. Like, so I love, I'm absolutely fine having both of them on my team. Uh, but yeah, this this tier of Wilson, Allen, and Wentz, because I could talk about Russell Wilson for like the next hour, and that's not really what this podcast is about. I own so much of. I don't own a lot of Russell Wilson because I don't like owning Seahawks mostly until Lockett and Metcalf came around. All right, fine. I can't help it. I can't stop myself from talking. One year when I in my home redraft league, there's still kickers in defense. And I had uh, Steve Hauschka, who was the kicker for the Seahawks yeah. at the time. And I remember one time they scored a touchdown. I'm like, oh, come on. I needed a field. Why am I rooting for the Seahawks to not get a touchdown? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right. Wait, why am I upset that they threw a touchdown instead of running it in? No, no, I want to be happy when the Seahawks score a touchdown. That's it. I don't, I don't want to care otherwise. Yeah, so I've actually stopped owning a Seahawks for a while. I'm but then Eagles. I can't help it. Yeah, I'm an Eagles guy. So for me, it's like I don't have the most shares of Wentz. But this is this tier and the next tier, the the guys that I own the most. And moving on to the next guy is Josh Allen. You know, it, they said I own so much. What's that? He's, I have he's so much of him. I, I do as well. I mean, he's been the QB three since he started, you know, the final eight weeks of, of his rookie year and last year, 
And, you know, obviously he said today he wants to run the ball less. Well, who wouldn't? He's getting a beating, you know, because his runs as comparison to Lamar Jackson, I mean, his runs aren't designed. His runs are he's scrambling for his life, you know, yes. and he he had to be the RB1 his rookie year. Now he finally has, you know, he has Moss and Singletary and he gets digs and he's starting to get some weapons. I think Josh Allen is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in Superflex because he's going to give you points and he's very polarizing because they still haven't forgiven him for people not liking him. You know, he became such a deal in those Superflex rookie drafts where he was going early second, second round, round yeah. and it was a deal and people still don't think he's a good quarterback. And well, his it, accuracy absolutely is an issue. And if he does run less, it's a little bit of a problem. Yes. I'm, f I'm fine with him being Russell Wilson and the fact where I don't need the Lamar Jackson amount of designed runs a game because Josh Allen's not the kind of athlete where he can avoid hits. He's bit. He's not as big as Cam Newton, but he's built like that. He's a very large dude. Yeah. So he's not pulling those spin moves. Like, I mean, he doesn't have, you know, a 90 on juke and Madden or anything like that. So, I mean, he's going to be taking hits, which, yeah, he can scramble all he needs. And for fantasy-wise, we need him to do that because of his inaccuracy and the fact that that defense is going to be good. So they're not going to need to throw the ball. So, I, I mean, I love Diggs, and I hate it for his fantasy value that he ended up on Buffalo. But it is very good for the team and for Josh Allen himself. So, yeah, I own a lot of – because like I said before, I downgrade a quarterback a lot, especially when the rest of my team is lacking to do what you did, get a first thrown in, get a young wide receiver yeah. thrown in. And I ended up with so many shares of Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. Cause those just, that was the tier where it's just like, okay, yeah. this is the tier where I can go back from Watson, from Lamar, from Kyler and get a solid second piece thrown in, yeah. get a, you know, get a, a solid high end wide receiver too. Like I can get Daniel Jones and Calvin Ridley for Lamar Jackson and probably get more on that side. That's not a trade I did. I'm just making it up just to try and like give you an area of plus I just love Calvin Ridley and want him on all of my teams. But like that's that's a move you because if you having those top two tiers of guys, like you're making you're you're going for your championship in that. If you need to rebuild, even like even if you're retooling, you hold on to those quarterbacks unless you got nothing else to move, which in which case you're probably rebuilding now that I say that out loud. But yeah, if you want to move back, that's the, that's the best way because Mahomes is going to give you an advantage. Lamar is going to give you an advantage. Dak, yeah. Watson, if he can do the same thing, yeah. That next giant group of 12 to 15 quarterbacks probably has a point per game difference of two to four points that's not going to you know win you a league yeah. so it's not really the biggest deal to trade back from whoever your qb4 is to whoever your qb8 or 9 is and i did that a lot especially because i take over a lot of orphans because i find it more fun than drafting because i'm terrible at drafting it is fun and that's a that's a real dime there for our listeners is is moving back from that guys i mean it's so hard and it it, it can really unless you have a surplus of picks and a surplus of of stud players moving up to lamar and mahomes is so hard to do that that mm -hmm. can really kill your team but moving down to this tier of, of russell wilson josh allen carson wentz you know burrow ryan stafford that's how you win your championships. You know, that's how you rebuild and retool your team a little bit because you upgrade at multiple positions and you can get a real haul for those kind of guys. Let's move on to Carson Wentz. You know, Carson Wentz last year, 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns with a JV group of wide receivers. You know, now, yep. you, throw, now you throw in Jalen Rager. You know, now you throw in a healthy Zach Ertz and a healthy Dallas Goddard and Deshaun Jackson on the outside. You know, Carson Wentz 
right now I, you know, is in that six, seven, eight range. He's exciting for this year, I think. Oh, I love, love Wentz. I have him all over the place. And you're right. He did really well with complete garbage catching the ball. Sorry, Greg Ward, you did pretty well. And, oh, man, I had so much hope for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside that I'm still – he was young, he's raw, he's, and it was his rookie year. I, I still have my hopes. We They're a lot lower to. than they were. Exactly. And my So flip side dad moment here. So my dad, huge Eagles fan, he's like, so you got this podcast, Mike. He's like, tell me about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And, and I'm like, you're going to love him. Like, I, I feel like he's like, you know, a, a younger version of Mike Evans. He's great at, you know, the way he – high points the ball and i mean they're gonna love him in the red zone and man Nothing. my dad's like well i guess i'm not listening to your podcast and I'm nah. like, that's fine dad but I, I feel like the sky is the limit with carson wentz what he did a few years ago where he was an mvp type caliber player yep. i feel like we're going to be back in that area and i love him for redraft i love him for dynasty and you can get him at a discount compared to some of these other guys on here so that's the end of our tier you know our next tier let's move into like the two rookies here and this is where it kind of gets a little bit tricky is Joe Burrow. Now I love Joe Burrow this year. I, I think based off the negative game script, the weapons that he has, you know, with, with Higgins and green and, and Boyd and Mixon, I feel like there's a possibility that he had, he can contend for Baker Mayfield's quarterback, you know, rookie, rookie touchdown record. I mean, I feel like there's such a range of outcomes, but I have him at nine because I feel like he can be in that next tier up because of his size, because of his arm strength, because of how amazing he looked with LSU last year. But on the flip side, with the way he looked before, you know, him and Tua, how do you have those guys ranked? Uh, well, I mean, just the two of them themselves. Like, I probably would have thrown them into the next tier below. I would probably shake up the entire next tier below and split it up into two, but we'll get to that when we get there. Uh, and, you know what? That's the trickiest thing is those top eight, I feel like, that's that's nice and easy you know that's nice and easy (laughs) and then when you get to that next group you know of the next maybe 10 quarterbacks it's it's very you know it can be varied between person to person and and what you believe and the narrative that you're telling yourself and and how things go um but i put those two guys in there it was kind of like a cheat move on me it was just i wanted to talk about those quarterbacks as rookies you know and and obviously two is more of a a rebuild or a retool because you know we're not sure if he's going to get how much playing time he's going to get. I still think yeah. Fitzpatrick starts the season. Oh, absolutely. Um, Twitter's all about it because he throws a five yard out to Devonte Parker. And they're like, look at that spiral. I'm like, that was five yards, man. Like, what are we getting hyped about? To be, f- to be fair. I don't know if you watch letter Kenny, but now every time they, they sing to be fair, cause it sounds so snooty to say the the phrase to be fair. Uh, but seeing him being able to mechanically throw a ball, smoothly is great Absolutely. like i remember seeing that video and being like yeah yes awesome he could play this year and be good because that was our big worry was that hip so the yeah. fact that he can turn his body is to throw the ball like that across his body because i mean he's a lefty so it's going to throw off every receiver in the nfl and every line in the nfl because are there any other lefties i can't even think of any off the top of my head there's got to be one somewhere i mean like mike vick was one that's all i really got but like yeah so I, I'm with you on Burrow. I don't want to get way too sidetracked. Uh, I love that Bengals offense. Um, I don't know how I feel about the coaching staff necessarily, right. but if that offensive line could stay healthy, because, I mean, their first round tackle, 
got injured preseason last year. So they technically get a first round pick back. And, you know, they traded for a couple of offensive linemen before the season last season who also got hurt. So if they can come back, they can gel and they can actually have a good offensive line. Like you said before, man, like Joe Mixon, AJ Green with Auden Tate and T Higgins behind him, Tyler Boyd in the slot. I mean, John Ross on the other side, who's a still a burner if he could ever stay healthy like they have really good wet and they're out and their defense is awful yeah. so they will have to throw the ball so man like i have a feeling i'm gonna end up with joe burrow on my three redraft teams just because i'll grab him in the last ish rounds just to be you know yeah people are like, underselling it i mean if you look at what andy dalton and jeff driscoll and i i mean who else did they have there? Hey, don't you forget about Ryan Finley. Yeah, Ryan Finley, that's it. I mean, they had 24 touchdowns combined with a horrible offensive line because, look, I mean, they were getting sacked left and right. Joe Mixon was getting hit behind the line, and now they beef up the offensive line a little bit. A.J. Green comes back. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it, my, my co-host, you know, Jared, I'll give him a shout-out. He rips me all the time because I say Joe Burrow's going to have an opportunity to break that touchdown record. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that he can throw at least 25 touchdown passes his oh, yeah. season. I mean, you know? it might be, it might look a little more like a Jameis Winston season, hopefully with yes. less interceptions, because it's going to probably be a lot of garbage time. Yeah, so it's, like it's going to be a lot of necessity yeah. as opposed to, look, I'm so good, I'm going to do this because I can't. Right. Yeah, I wasn't saying he's going to lead the Bengals anywhere promising or anything <laughs> like that. Now let's, let's move in and we'll kind of call this tier kind of in the same area. Two guys that I have right below them are two guys that I absolutely love putting on my – I don't draft them when it comes to startups at this point. I don't. I like to draft guys that can appreciate and value. I feel like both of them are kind of at their ceiling of because of their age and things like that. But you got Matt Ryan, who's 35, and Matthew Stafford, who's 31. You know, these guys are the guys you buy when you're ready to get a championship. These are the guys that you, you know, upgrade a little bit, like I said, where I gave – Minch, essentially mince you in a second for Stafford because I feel oh, yeah. like Matthew Stafford QB two over the weeks that he played last year, great wide receiver core. They add Deandre Swift, who I think is a great value and they're going to have a, that lions offense. As long as they keep Stafford upright, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, no, and, I completely agree. Yeah. And it depends on how you build. Like, if you are the kind of person where I am sometimes where if you go into a startup being like, I am going to, for some reason, take a running back in the first, which means I'm going to try and win now. Because to me, if you're taking CMC, you're taking Barkley, you're, you you got your three years ahead of you, and that's probably it. And so that's when I would take a guy like Ryan or Stafford in the startup. And actually, I think I did that in TA8. Uh, so at least yeah, Ron, and yeah, and gotta, Ryan and Garoppolo is who I ended up with because I also now have Saquon Barkley. Yeah. No, like, so these are the guys. And the thing is like, yeah, you can get them fifth sixth round in a super flex start a 12 team super flex startup and that is nothing for a quarterback yeah and you got to be fluid in your draft i I did the ffpc pros versus joes with uh curtis patrick and the goat district and Mm -hmm. i i ended up i really wanted matt ryan but i I ended up waiting on quarterbacks and getting stafford and then i got drew Brees like in round Mm -hmm. nine you know because i got joe mixon and saquon barkley with my first two picks and i'm like all right i'm i'm in win now you know i i those running backs fell to me now i have to you know, build those type of quarterbacks. Uh, Matthew Ryan or Matt Ryan. Nobody calls him Matthew Ryan. No. <laughs> I, I saw that you combined Stafford and Ryan. I saw it happen. You know, what's funny is so my, uh, my middle child, he's nine years old. His name's Matthew. And at the time, my oldest son's name is Peyton. And we're really struggling for a name here. And we're, we're actually like, I was watching ESPN. And at the time, 
Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, and uh, oh, Matt Schaub were like three of the top ten <laughs> quarterbacks. And I'm like, yo, what do you think of the name Matthew? He's got and the kid loves football. I mean, he's he's a diehard. Had no Absolutely. choice. Nope, exactly. We threw him right in there. Uh, one of the guys that's in this tier that's a little bit polarizing, and it's kind of crazy to me because he threw for four thousand yards, twenty six touchdowns, and we're so used to him being way up there is Aaron Rodgers. What do you feel about Aaron Rodgers as far as Superflex? I'm seeing he's completely relaxed this year. You know, he's not uptight like like in years past. He's trying to teach, you know, love some of the the tricks of the trade as at the quarterback position. And if you look at things last year, I was not an Aaron Jones owner and I was an Aaron Rodgers owner and every time they got in the red zone, you're like, "All right, we can punch it in here." And Aaron Jones with those 19 touchdowns, really if we can get 5 or 6 of those towards Aaron Aaron Rodgers, He's back in that top eight quarterback range, but right now people are discounting him a little bit. What do you think, Aaron Rodgers? Well, yeah, them drafting their draft, let me just say, show that they don't care about throwing the ball at all. That's the problem. Uh, He's good. Let's not mince words about it. He is a very good NFL quarterback. The efficiency is insane there. I mean, 26 touchdowns and four. Oh yeah, no interceptions. But like I so, Scott saw... Fishbowl, you want our you because yep. you get like negative eighteen points for an interception. You want Aaron Rodgers on your team, right? That's why I was avoiding Josh Allen. Um, yep. But you know the the Packers, they see AJ Dillon's calves and they're like, we got to get this guy. Yeah, you know, we got to put him in there. Those calves are bigger than my thighs. I think that was the most ridiculous photo I've ever seen. But yeah. Aaron Rodgers has that ability to be a guy that you can get at a discount right now that could possibly win you a championship. I, I just I don't think the play is there. I don't, I don't think, think the offense yeah. will be there. Let me say it that way because the play sort seems to intimate that I mean him himself. I just I don't think they're going to throw the ball enough. They don't have enough wide receivers. Like they, they yeah. didn't get anybody, no. uh, and it's just mind blowing. But I mean, a Devonte Adams has a chance to being the wide receiver one just because of the amount of targets he's going to get as long as he can stay healthy. I've been uh, saying that all year. Yep. he's going to get peppered. All right. So, but no, let's go down this lit this tier just because I want to. You have Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Baker, Rogers, Jared Goff, Sam Darnold. I moved Darnold down one more after I talked about it, but <laughs> I can yeah. see that. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, because um, he would have okay. been at the bottom of this tier anyway. Like you yeah. have him, but I have to think, like I would do Burrow, Tua, Jones, Locke, Goff as the next tier, and then have Ryan Stafford. Baker Rogers as the next. And like you said, drop Donald to the one below because love him as a prospect still like yeah. the dude's still like 20. Oh, so I I, he still has yeah. plenty. And hopefully Gase is gone, which means everyone, once they lose Gase gets better. So yeah. I, I, but we'll talk about Donald when we get there. Uh, I think I the had... biggest difference in this tier age is easily the difference in all of this. And like I said, at the beginning of this, I, my brain is wired to think of trade value and, Quarterbacks can play till in their 40s, but still, Matt Stafford's 31, so he's old. It yeah. does like assume back injury scare the hell out of me, which I mean for Wentz also, but I don't I care about when. The tough thing is, I, I try to originally look at it when I'm coming over with this is where would I draft a guy, you know? And in most of my most of mine, and who has the most value? And and Daniel Jones and Drew Locke and Baker Mayfield are those guys that I think they can appreciate in value. I think they all are going to have yep. fantastic seasons. 
Drew Locke, people looked at him as a game manager, but I think they're taking the training wheels off with that offense now with Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. I mean, it, it could be really KJ Dude has the cannon for an arm. You can't make him a game manager. And, it's and just not in his bones. And he's got that swagger, the same as I think Baker. You know, I think we're going to see a lot closer to 2018 Baker instead of 2019 Baker. You know, yep. I feel like, and then you, you add in there Daniel Jones, who I think is the most high risk, high reward guy in this tier. I took him in the Scott Fishbowl because last year I finished top 24, but I didn't have those high upside guys. I had nice safe players, you know, and it, it got me to that point, but you can't win it without the high oh, risk, yeah. high reward guys. And Daniel Jones he had four games last year, over 30 points. He was, a, he won you weeks, you know, and I love having him as my QB too. Yes. And, and, and when it, in one quarterback leagues, I love having him as my second quarterback because if somebody goes down, he's the type of player that, you know, he could finish in that top 12. Well, yeah, like he's exactly like we were saying before. He's athletic enough to scramble for a couple of yards if you need him to, but they're not going to design runs for him. So he has a little bit of that floor of a couple of rushing yards yeah. and his biggest, I mean, turnovers in general, but he fumbled a lot. But fumbling is like one of the most teachable fixes. Like, man, Adrian Peterson was knocked for his fumbles when he was young. Yeah. That dude doesn't drop the ball anymore. Tiki Barber, I mean, to go even further back. Well, I you know, think with Daniel Jones is, and I, I was talking about this on a podcast the other day. I mean, he led the league in fumbles by a ton, yep. but he didn't have those security blankets. Evan Ingram was out most of the year. You know, he didn't have Tate was out a lot. Shepard was out, and the only guy he had really was Darius Slayton, and he was he was trying to force things down the field. You know, he wasn't taking the underneath as much. Saquon was banged up. Now he's got some of them security blankets, and I feel like. We're going to see a little bit of a maturing process here for for Daniel Jones, and it's going to be a much better season. Yeah, and they also got rid of Eric Flowers, who was the, the worst tackle in the league, and they drafted a couple. So hopefully that line is a little better. Yeah. So, yeah, I am all about Daniel Jones. I, I love having him. If If I'm not competing on any team, I want him as my quarterback because two years I could see him being – at worst, that third tier with the players like Wilson Allen and Wentz. Yeah. Like at he, worst. He has that rushing floor, and those top seven guys all have that. If you have that three to five hundred yard rushing floor, that just adds four, five, six points to your fantasy game, fantasy each week, you know? Yeah. The one guy that's really polarizing in here, and you talk to some people and they love him, you talk to others and they hate him, is Jared Goff. He threw for four thousand six hundred yards, twenty-two touchdowns, sixteen interceptions. I I I mean I go back and forth on Jared Goff. I do not own him on any of my teams because I've kind of not, you know, I, I was always a Carson Wentz over Goff kind of guy yeah. at his cost. But now he has really dropped down in the fantasy community's eyes. What do you think of Jared Goff this season? See, I like him. Last year, hold on, let me pull this up just so I actually know what I'm talking about. So in points per game, man. All right, so Goff was QB 21 in points per game, which is actually worse than I thought it was. But man, that offense was just so wrong yeah. last year. Two years ago, he was a top 10 quarterback. Yes, And I think McVay is smart. He's not going to let them be as bad as they were. Because even towards the end of last year, they started picking it up. Like his last few, I mean, besides that last game, but like, oh man. So like he had this horrible stretch of like 13, 14, 9. But then no, I'm looking at the wrong guy. Hold well, on. when they switched to 12 personnel, yeah. You know, so here Robert we go. Robert Woods took off, and, and Tyler Higby took off. Then Goff started to play a little bit better. Like here's his last six games: eight, seven, eight, 32, 21, 21, 27. All right, sorry, that was seven games. Like McVay's not dumb; he knows how to use the players he has. And 
that offensive line went from best to worst. So it was probably a little bit of a shock, not to mention the whole girly situation. Goff is on a very good tr- career trajectory. They still have great wide receivers. They keep drafting great wide receivers. They have two great tight ends. They have two running backs who can catch out of the backfield. So I I am not concerned about Jared Goff. He, again, is not the kind of guy who's going to win you a league. But as your QB2, he's super safe and could give you a decent ceiling of 20-something points. And that's what you want out of your second QB because why do you play two QBs in Superflex? Because who's, who's more likely to give you 20 points, a quarterback or your eighth flex player. I mean, it's going to be a quarterback and it's dependable more or less. I mean, it, that Dallas game. Oh man. Like, I think that just has so many people like that one game. Everyone's like, all right, no, that was like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm never going to watch that. People again. watch those get one game like that. And they go like Baker Mayfield against the 49ers last year, you know, like that game that everybody liked. So I actually did a, a, we celebrated our 50th episode at the dynasty refinery and we did 50 fun facts. So that week, Baker against the Niners, if he had spiked the ball every down, he would have had a better QB rating. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that just blew I love my stuff mind. like that. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's fun football facts to jump into. Move it, let's move on to the next tier. Is this one's a lot of I'm getting a lot of questions, you know. Sam Darnold. I moved him down a little bit, but Sam yeah. Darnold, he finished over the final eight games after mono. You know, if anybody's going to get COVID, he's hopefully not making out with more college chicks. Mm-hmm. But Sam Darnold, uh, you know, finishes the QB 10 over the final eight weeks. Cam Newton, you know, what does he have left? You know, he finished in 2017 as the QB, uh, QB two overall and 2018 is the QB 12. And then you got, you know, break down a little bit of this tier here. You know, what do you, what do you see? What do you like? What do you dislike? See, this is another one I probably would have broken down a little bit more. Um, uh, let's start with it. So you have, and you actually have them at the bottom. Um, so Darnold, Cam, Cousins, Herbert, Tannehill, and then you have Breeze and Brady. Yeah. I think I would have put Breeze and Brady in a tier of their own. Right. Because they're, they're guys that are going to give you points this year and could just be done. I think, I mean, we yeah. all said Breeze was going to be done last year. So I'll, I'll, I've been saying Larry Fitzgerald was done for literally maybe the past 12 years. So I'm just, I'm done saying I know that. My kids I think call me out on that done. all the time. I'm like, you're watching Larry Fitzgerald for the last time. And I feel like I say that to him every year because it's him and Frank Gore. Special. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, but well, Frank Gore's not special anymore. He's just out there. <laughs> Yeah, but it's and the fact it's, that he's playing is ridiculous because he's it, our age and two more years, I think, and his son comes in the NFL, and I think he'll be done after that. Like, because that at this point, that has to be what he's playing for. Like, he has enough money at this point. He's probably in the Hall of Fame just because the amount of stats he's compiled. Yeah. Why else? Why else still be there? Why else still take those hits? Um, but yeah, Darnold went like we laugh at Sam Darnold for getting mono, but like my cousin had it, and she had to miss an entire semester of college. Yeah. And she's just a normal human being. Sam Darnold gets hit for a living. Yeah. He could literally have died at some point. Right. Like, and that's why I don't hold those beginning games when he first came back. That's why I said over the final eight games, you know, when yeah. I feel like he finally got healthy, um, you can always skew to statistics how you want, you know, well, you yeah. but at the same time, I feel like that's when he started to finally get healthy and there's no weapons there. And now at least, you know, they add Perriman, they add Mims. I think Chris Herndon is finally, you know, at a point where I feel like he's going to help the offense if he doesn't get another DUI. Jamison Crowder is one of the most underappreciated, you know, slot wide receivers. It's boring. It's it's, it's six catches for 40 yards, but it's it's boring. But they're going to be in a lot of negative game strips once Adams got traded. And oh, yeah. Their defense Darnold, is Darnold is a cheap QB, too, right now, especially yep. given his age. Huge buy. Huge buy. Yep. Um, Cam, I own no Cam, and I am... 
I'd like one to like. I mean, I'm in enough leagues where I like I'll saying I have work. a I have a just in case copy of a yeah. share of a guy. Like just in case Cam goes great, I would like to have one share of him somewhere because he can. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't think he's going to run the way he used to. I don't think they're going to ask him to. But like, remember Kelvin Benjamin's rookie year, and even Devin Funchess, his rookie year also. He didn't have to do much. Yeah, they just well, threw I, the ball near him, yeah. and their arms were so long and they were so big that they can get it over the other. That's Nikhil yeah. Harry. That's what I've been saying on every podcast, and everybody trashes me for it. I said Cam likes those tight window throws, and he's had guys that don't separate, and he'll force it. Where Nikhil Harry was getting no love from Tom Brady because he couldn't separate. You know, it's a tough offense to pick up. I feel like he's going to have you know a, a lot of red zone targets. He's going to get a lot of back shoulder throws, a lot of tight yeah. windows, and Cam's going to force that in there. See, I was even excited with Stidham. The second Brady left, I started buying Harry because everyone's like, well, Brady's gone. He's going to be trashed. I'm like, no, no. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> you want a guy that's just going to throw the ball. And Tom Brady's not the guy that's just going to throw the ball. Yeah. Um, Cousins is, I think he'll be safe. Cousins, Cousins is always safe. Is the vanilla of all the flavors. He's the missionary sex of the quarterback position. He's just there. You know yeah. what I mean? And he's so reliable. I mean, he's, he's QB 16, you know, QB 17. Yep. He's right in that range. But in startups, he's the most dis. I don't even want to say like underappreciated because he's just disrespected. People are like, "Hey, I don't want Cousins on my team. You know, I don't want him as my QB two, yep. QB three." And he, he just goes out there and he puts up points. And with Stefanski, had an offense that really was not catered towards quarterbacks throwing big points. But when he was with Washington, he put up some big numbers. And you know, now things have changed a little bit in Minnesota where he he could be in for a you know a little bit of an uptick here. Well, I mean, he even still did well enough in that system where they wanted to run the ball 85 times a game. Yeah. And like you said, now, I mean, that they have Justin Jefferson, who is similar to Thielen in that they are super dependable and safe. Yeah. So again, like we're, we, we'll probably see the efficiency go up a little bit, even if the volume does go down, which their defense, again, has got, like most teams, it seems this offseason has gotten a little worse. Yeah. And, so, not and man, the, even if Cook does, like he might hold out. Like we don't know right now. Yeah, like if Cook holds out, Cousins going to be great. Yeah. And they're talking about Irv Smith playing as a, basically that wide receiver three role. In oh, I want him out. in the slot and so I, much. Irv Smith is my biggest tight end buy there is. I mean, he's just a fantastic value still. Him and if, him. Yeah. If I don't have Zach Ertz on my team, I have both Irv and Jonu Smith. Those are my those are my three tight ends, pretty yeah. much all on all of my teams. Zach Ertz is such a such a value, but yeah, we're every we're year of... we find a reason Ertz isn't going to be good like he was last year, and every people... year Ertz is good like he was last year. Every year as an Eagles fan, people are trying to tell me the la last year, and now they, you want Dallas Goddard in that offense. No, you don't. You want Zach Ertz. Zach I mean, you Ertz... want both. I think at right. this point, but, but like he's not overtaking him. Exactly. Um, what about? Break down the, the Chargers situation here a little bit. You know, I was on uh, Sideline Squib the other day, and I said, I feel like Herbert starts by week eight because Tyrod just doesn't quite have it. You know, we saw what he did in Cleveland where he started out 0-4 and, and they switched over to Baker, even towards the end of there in Buffalo. Do you think Tyrod holds on to the job? Or are you excited for Justin Herbert? Oh, well, well, that's two different questions. Yep. <laughs> um, yes, I'm excited for Justin Herbert. Uh, if the team is doing well i don't think they'll pull him and if their offense is doing like if their offensive line ends up being really bad i don't think they'll throw herbert into the end of the season like so i think there's a lot of stipulations as to when we'll see him but i do believe we will yeah. like we need herbert to grow and you're not going to grow unless you're playing like right. he's he's not ready to walk in and play and, and like 
and Justin like we Herbert think Tua and like if two if Tua was healthy, he'd be walking in and playing. Absolutely. Health is the reason he's not. And Burrow was walking in and playing. Herbert's not there. Herbert's not ready for that, which is kind of, you know, I live in New Jersey, even though I'm not a Giants fan, but like I'm very happy for the people who live in my area that Herbert decided to stay in college. Yeah. Because I mean, A, Daniel Jones just worked out better than every angry fan thought he would, but also because they would have started him right away or very, very quickly, because Eli was just toast. And it, he wouldn't have been ready for it. Yeah. And I feel like this year he's become last year's Daniel Jones and two years ago, yep. Josh Allen, where we just keep pushing him back. And I, I mean, I've gotten him at 112 in a Superflex rookie draft. And I mean, oh, that's, that's, that's just absolute stealing, you know, when you can yeah. get him that late. Because they still have great weapons on that offense. Incredible so it's going to make it hard to be that bad. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, I got him in this. I, I feel like he's, I don't own Ryan Tannehill anywhere, I I'm going to be honest. And, and I, I mean, if you, did you buy him? after it happened or do you had him like i feel like the opportune Both. time was to buy him in between and I, he finished his qb3 down the stretch over the final eight games was that a mirage is that a perfect storm or do you believe in ryan Tannehill? all of the above i believe in ryan Tannehill because even when he was with gase on the dolphins he was he had like two over four thousand yard seasons the, yep. the kid has somewhat some talent i mean he had knee injuries i think he had two of them or separately uh, when he was in miami and then adam gase holding him back is he what he was at the end of last year? Probably not. I mean, like, he was really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's that good, but he's good. He was drafted pretty early. He's shown that he is talented. And, man, you have to respect Eric Henry in that offense. Yeah. And you have, I mean, say what you will about the disappointment of Corey Davis, but having Corey Davis on one side, A.J. Brown on the other, and John New in the middle, that's three very athletic players that you yeah. need to worry about. So while I don't think they will be as efficient because like they didn't kick field goals last year, they just didn't have to. They scored touchdowns every time they drew, like anytime they were going to score, they scored a touchdown. It was insane. So he won't be as good as he was last year, but I still think he's going to be. I think he's good. I think he absolutely belongs in this tier. But the thing is, he might be able to score with the people in the tier above him. Yeah. No, so I, I like I still like him down here just because that's where his trade value is. Like I don't know if you've ever tried to trade. You say you don't own any, so you haven't. You can't trade Ryan Tannehill nope. right now. Nope. You can't get a first for him, which is insane. Yeah. But I think the production will be there. And the thing is, he's not old. I think he's also like what thirty. Yeah. Oh, he's like in that weird area in Dynasty where you can't buy him for a second, and you can't sell him for a first. You yeah. Know, which it's is like horribly it's like abduction. no man's. Bl it is. He's like because you. Oh, it's to me in Dynasty, it's a matter of like making moves that make sense. And I try to think about trades all the time. I mean, I, I do have an addiction, but it's like, you're thinking about how to make that trade and how you get that player off. And I can never come up with the ideas for Ryan Tannehill. Oh, see, I, I, I haven't pulled it up yet. I'm looking for it now, but I, my trade wasn't based around Ryan Tannehill. So it's going to be a little, uh, Carson Wentz, Sterling Shepard, Thad Moss, and a 21 third for Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones. Oh, that's great. I mean, you, you upgrade big time there at wide receiver. You can't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I was, I was thrilled with this and I mean, I did it with Shane Manila, who is a huge, well, he's not an Eagles fan anymore, but you know, at the time he was a huge oh, Eagles fan. So moved off the Eagles last time when we after had the, the Deshaun, Watt, Deshaun Jackson thing, he was just like, uh, okay. I'm just gonna be a fantasy fan. Uh, but he's still a huge Carson Wentz fan. So I was able to be like, dude, you, you're, you, he won the league last year, but then yeah. got bored and just started selling everybody. So I'm like, all right, let me help you. Let me help you sell some people. Like yeah. you love Carson Wentz. Give me a quarterback. That's probably going to score just as much this year. And I'll worry about it after I win this year. That's fine. I love it. 
I love it. Hey, I, I promise that we try to keep you at about an hour, and I feel like you and I could probably talk fantasy. Oh, dude, I could and do at least another hour. I would, I would love to have you on again, and you know, we can, we can kind of match some things up. The last guy I want to talk about here is completely polarizing to people, and because we don't know the situation, um, he comes out with the montage today with the Karate Kid music in the oh, background. Oh, so good. And oh man, one hundred and one, right away. I know you get a free case of beer if you draft him in the first round. You know, I if think you I'm watch do the it. end of the video. If you win your league, you get free beer for a year. I don't even know what that means, but for the for the football season, they said <laughs> for, the for a free season. season. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't like Bud Light. I'll do it anyway. I know it's like so. You know, talk to me about Gardner Minshew. I go on, I, I go on some podcasts, and they're like, I think there's an opportunity there where if they win eight games, they got to stay with Gardner Minshew. Yes, but if they're in an area where they're, you know, projected to be really bad, you know, if if Fields or if Lawrence are there, I mean, they're not going to pass up on that because exactly. we're talking about a sixth round guy. But you got to love the stash. You got to love the swagger. Yes. DJ Chark is a is about to break Love out him. and yeah, he's my biggest, I go on every podcast and I talk about DJ Chark because yeah. we actually, Jared and I have a bet. He thinks DJ Chark is the biggest bust and doesn't think he'll finish as a wide receiver too, even. So if he finishes out, he has a little bit of history on his side, just because he, there's always a Jaguars wide receiver yeah. that flashes and then they if, go away. <laughs> so if he finishes outside the top 24, I need to wear a mankini. I don't know if you've seen those. They got the little strap coming across with the like banana hammock underneath. Yeah, yeah, we got a little bit of a weird bet going on, but uh, I hope Char- you win. I know <laughs> for many the reasons. Other, I hope you win. The other one we have is on Chris Godwin because I have a love affair of Chris Godwin. If Chris, he thinks Chris Godwin will not finish in the top fifteen, the loser of that one has to do a Waffle House challenge. If you're familiar with that, where you no. have to you have to be in a Waffle House for twenty four hours, and every waffle you eat, you get to leave an hour earlier. So you need to eat your way out of a Waffle House. So we're just kind of playing around with some fun stuff, but. Gardner Minshew, I love the video. I love the swagger. What do you think of him as far as your super flex? He's one of my most owned quarterbacks because I was buying him for second round picks all offseason because we talked about you can't buy Tannehill, but I got Minshew. There's an idea here where, you know, with negative game script and the way things have opened up, he could finish in that QB 15 range. Yeah. See, the thing is, if if you go in with that mind frame, then you're golden. He might, he most likely won't be a top 10 quarterback. Let's just no. throw that out there, no. but he can easily be a top 15 to 18 to 20 range. And yeah, it'll be based on volume. Like we're looking at Bortles level here. Like yep. that, that defense has gotten very bad, very quick. I'm so glad you said that. Cause that's exactly what I say is I was like, I feel like DJ Chark could have an Allen Robinson type year and Bortles is going, he's going to have a Bortles type number. I mean, and I think what we've seen already, Minch is already better than Bortles. Like yes. as skill as a quarterback, like it just, it seems that way already. Yeah. And he's so going to be I, for, for a that. job. He's going to force it. He's going to be trying to, you know, I, I love Gardner Minshew's mentality. The league needs more Gardner Minshew type yes. type attitudes and i mean i absolutely love it. i hope they win themselves out of fields and lawrence that's what i will say i hope they do the tricky part is if they don't where's he gonna go he's done he's done like they you can't it's just like jerry jones couldn't pass on cd lamb falling to him even though they didn't need a wide receiver right if you're in the top two you don't either you trade out for a ton or you take one of those quarterbacks it's what you have to do like these guys are good these guys no one's ever not can't miss but yeah, these guys might be like, that's just how good they are. Like maybe if they get like top five pick, they grab Trey Lance and maybe he sits for a little bit and yeah. we get a little bit more of that Minshew magic because let's face it, 
he sells tickets and that's yeah. what they care about handing out the mustaches and everything like yep. that. I mean, that was exciting for Jacksonville and they needed that. So I want to thank you sincerely for coming on here. I mean, I absolutely, I've been trying to get you for a while and I, I love the fact that you were able to come on here, you oh, know, share some, some super flex knowledge, a little bit of dad, you know, stuff in between there. And uh, you know, why don't you tell the listeners some of the stuff you're working on um, where they can find you and pretty much anything else that's going on in your life. Oh man, this will be another hour. Uh, <laughs> well, I am at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter. I am co-host of the Trade Addicts podcast with Brian Haar, and that is a member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, DAP network, if you will, uh, DAP underscore network on the Twitters. Um, I am co-host of Dynasty Game Night, which is for the DLF. Oh, Trade Addicts is still technically on DLF as well. Um, Dynasty Game Night is me, John Bosch, Matt Price, where you learn nothing, but we just play games. Which are, which are based around fantasy football, which I need to get off my ass and make some games. It's been a while. Um, but that is just that is just little, that is literally just for fun. And it absolutely is. Like even when I don't make the game and when I don't play it, I'm still screaming at my phone or whatever I'm listening it. on. Like I know whenever I know the answers and they don't. Um, I do the split takes with Kevin Cotillo for the Dummies Funhouse Pod work, Podcast Network, the DFPN Network, the best and only network in town. Uh, started a lunch break with Stompy for the DAP network also. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> you think that, that's awesome, man. I love it. You know, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure having on here. Um, guys, there's a lot of great wisdom here dropping in here. Make sure you check out all those podcasts. I listen to them. They're fantastic. Um, keep it up with those five star. Well, it doesn't have to be five star, but think of it. Oh, I yes, it does. I said five that on, star reviews. Do I said it that on he, Twitter, and people are like, "Well, what if they wanted to give you a three? I'm like, Hit "No, me up with the no." Five. Then you know what? Five or nothing. Come on. <laughs> yeah. There's there's nothing in between. It is yeah. either five stars or you walk away and don't do anything. He's he's a little too humble to say that. I'll say it for him. <laughs> thanks, Russ. I appreciate that. And you know, thanks for tuning in again, guys, and enjoy the dynasty process. Deuces. Bye. Try to believe though the